The following is a pre-recorded program. So is it too expensive to eat healthily? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, biblical scholar and cultural commentator, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity. Call 866-34-TRUTH to get on The Line of Fire. And now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Hey friends, Michael Brown here as we continue to encourage you in the month of January, let's get healthy. We've been looking at scripture about healing. We've been talking about healthy lifestyle, diet, nutrition, etc. We'll spend some time this week also talking about being emotionally healthy and what we can do to contribute to that. I'm not going to be taking calls today, but I, I want to talk to you plainly, openly, honestly, as your friend. Yeah, when we talk about being your voice for moral sanity and spiritual clarity, this ties in. Healthy lifestyle ties in with moral sanity and spiritual clarity because we have these bodies given to us by God and we are stewards over these bodies and Jesus has bought us with a price. He bought our bodies as well, right? We are not our own. This body belongs to God, not to us. We're stewards over it. I mean, think of that. So uh, someone posted on YouTube a very valid question, very respectfully, and said, Dr. Brown, it's, it's, very expensive to eat healthily. And to do what you're encouraging us to do, not all of us can afford to do that. So I want to break it down. It's, it's an honest question. I want to break it down. But how about we start here? Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you today. Probe a little. Let's start here. How about we just start by getting rid of the bad stuff? Anything that in and of itself is not healthy, Right. Let's start get rid of, getting rid of the bad stuff. For example, do you have unhealthy snacks, you know, be it chips or, or Doritos or something like that? Do you do what I used to do? Eat chocolate all the time or other sweets, candy bars, things like that, ice cream, whatever the, the unhealthy snacks are. Do you have those daily weekly, whatever the schedule is. So let's start by getting rid of them. They don't help you. They're, they're not going to be nutritious for, oh, I heard a little dark chocolate. Forget about a little dark chocolate right now. And, and the amount we eat is normally not a little anyway. It's just get rid of all the unhealthy stuff. Let's start there and see what happens to your life. Oh, and you can replace it with healthy snacks. Get some fruits, right? You can even get healthy dried fruits. I mean, there, there's nothing that's done to them except they're they're dry. They're, they're not sweetened or anything like that. It's, it's not, it's not going to make up for like the, the bad sweet tooth. But let's start there. Let's start by getting rid. Forget finances. We're not even talking finances. All right. Get rid of anything bad in your diet. If you're eating, say, you know, burgers and buns with cheese and fried chicken, uh, and fried chicken, French fries, none of that's healthy for you. None of that's good for you. Right. None of it. It's not good for you. You can have some lean red meat on occasion, but otherwise you're getting a burger, cheeseburger, fries. None of that's healthy, and the bun isn't healthy for you. So let's, let's get rid of all that, and you can just replace that. You replace that with grilled chicken, or you can replace that with salmon or something like that. Just, just simple stuff. So let's, let's start with getting rid of the bad. Tell me how that goes for a week, for a month. Do you feel a little bit better doing that? Because that's a step in the right direction. That's a step towards health. And look, 
I am anything but a nutrition expert. I have learned from top nutrition experts. Well, Nancy and I have, have learned to follow the guidelines of Dr. Joel Furman, Eat to Live, and books like End of Dieting and things like that. So, so I've lived by that very strictly now for, for eight and a half years and have been super blessed because of it. But before we talk about the expense of eating healthily, how about we start with getting rid of anything unhealthy in your diet? Many of you will be like me and realize, wow, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to these. I've said many, many times that it was much easier for me to give up putting the needle in my arm and being a heavy drug user by God's grace when I got saved in 71. Much easier for me to give that up than to, to give up bad foods. It took decades before I finally got that right. And then it was three miserable days of withdrawal when, when I went cold turkey and got rid of the bad foods. So how about we start there, all right? The second thing is that over the course of years, eating healthily, on average, will save you massively on medical bills, medical expenses, medical treatments, massively will save you on drugs that you have to take massively. How, how many hospitalizations or multiple series of visits to doctors with tests, how many of those, maybe one or two, will more than balance out years and years and years and years and years if you had to spend more to eat healthily? That one medical bill that you could avoid will more than make up the difference, let alone the difference in quality of life. You say, look, I'm 20 years old. What am I thinking about medical bills? That's like when you're 50, 60. Well, number one, you're making a bad deposit every day. You're, you're draining money. You're not making a bad deposit. You're draining money from your account, so to say, by eating unhealthily. It, it does catch up with you. We reap what we sow. The body's made a certain way. We reap what we sow. So over time, these things will catch up to you. And, and each day of eating unhealthily now sows into something bad for the future. Do you care about that? you care about being here for your spouse or for your kids or for your parents or for ministry or service or anything else? The second thing is when you make the switch and go from unhealthy eating to really healthy eating, you'll be energized. You will. You'll be energized. And as a result of being energized, you'll do your work better. Your mind will be sharper. Your, your overall ability to focus and do your job will be better. So you'll probably, over the course of time, by eating healthily, you'll have a much better quality of life and probably, over the course of time, make more money in your job. How's that work out, right? So, so that's another thing to factor in. And then as for the actual expenses, uh, many of us eat out a lot. Nancy and I, especially with kids out of the house, well, sometimes with kids in the house, quick to run out and get a meal. But Nancy and I ate out a lot before we made lifestyle changes years ago. And when we made the radical lifestyle change, we were trying to buy everything organic so it's a little bit more expensive. Nancy computed the bills because we we're using the same credit card going to the restaurant as going to the store and saw that our food bills actually dropped, Right. So even if it was more money, we'd pay it gladly because of the health benefits, because of the, the glorious, wonderful, thank, thank you, Lord, benefits, okay? Absolutely. But for us, our food bill went down. And I don't mean eating out at fancy steak restaurants all the time, just your average restaurant, eating out a lot, right? Uh, it was cheaper for us to eat at home. That's the next thing. Also, even if you don't think organic initially, it's still a whole lot better to have an apple 
or a handful of, of blackberries or blueberries or some other fruit or something else like that. It's a whole lot healthier to have that than a candy bar, right? So, so even if, if you're not thinking organic initially, uh, I, I bet an apple's cheaper than a candy bar. But what if you want to get the best products of everything? Uh, talking to, to some of my team members yesterday, if you will plan and cook certain ways and freeze things, you'll find that's an amazing savings as well. Uh, Nancy will make these mega soups, one she calls the kitchen sink. Sometimes I'll just go to the store on my own to get stuff, but a lot of times we'll go together uh, because there's so many specific vegetables. She's got this, 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 and, and she just wants to make sure she's picking the best stuff and so on. So it's, it's an ordeal to go and get all the stuff that's needed, right? It's one trip to the store. An ordeal. I mean, it's it's a it's a grocery trip. Okay, it's just a, a trip to the store. Then she's got to chop everything up and and put you know get everything ready, and then cook. I mean, it fills this this giant pot that she has, and 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 then when she's done, I think it makes like twenty portions of soup. Each one of them is a meal. Each one is a meal. And, and, and let me say this: if your average meal for the main part of your meal, let's just say it was five dollars, okay. I, I can assure you that there's not a hundred plus dollars of contents in that soup. In other words, what, what we're paying is, is pennies on that. So if you plan and then you freeze it, I've even traveled with that to as far as India, take, take a container with me with an ice pack in it and then get to India, put it in the refrigerator or the freezer. So you, you can have that. You can have varieties of things, freeze them and have them for days to come. So there are plenty of creative ways as well. So your daily salads and fruits, those have to be fresh, but there are other things you can do and you will be amazed at the differences. So number one, you're glorifying God with your body. Get rid of the things that are destructive to the temple that God gave you. Is it easier said than done? Yeah, it's much easier said than done. Otherwise, probably all do it. And that's why I don't judge, I don't condemn, I don't criticize because I know how challenging it can be. And we need food to live, right? You don't need drugs to live, you don't need drink to live, you don't need other things to live that we were addicted to before we were saved or in the world, but you need food, you gotta eat food every day. And sometimes, hey, I'm in a hurry. My life's good, I'm running, I'm on the run, I'm on the run. Say, Dr. Brown, what do you do at airports? Either bring my own food, Right, flying out, so I'll bring a big salad from home and eat it at the airport before I fly out or on the plane, or look around for some fruit, or don't eat. It's not required that you eat at an airport. Oh, so anyway, <clears throat> my encouragement is get rid of the bad stuff, recognize this is God's temple that He's given us to steward. Second thing to do is to then look at, okay, simple things I can do, replace the bad with good. You realize as you start doing this, you're just going to feel better. You really, really will. And then do some planning and then think long-term. Your quality of life will be so much better. A, a fellow works at a CrossFit regularly, gave me a workout to do on the road last week. And it's it pretty rigorous, pretty challenging. I'd never done it. So it was, it was new for me. So, you know, muscle memory, getting used to things, it was new. Um, but I, I did four rounds. I was supposed to go through this. Uh, I did four rounds in slightly over 18 minutes. 
He worked out with another fellow active, maybe 25 years younger than me, plays basketball, you know, works out regularly. Not a workout fanatic, works out regularly. He gave the same workout to this fellow uh, yesterday, and he barely got through two rounds in 15 minutes. I completed four in 18. He, he had to quit before he finished two. That took him 15 minutes. The vast majority of how I'm able to do that is healthy eating. And that's why at the age of 67, I feel like I'm just getting started. So I'm jealous for your well-being. Why am I talking to you about this? What's my motivation? How does it help me? I'm here to help you thrive in health and wellness on every level. And yeah, we're gonna pour into you spiritually every day, every day, every day, every day. But this month, we're talking about some other issues. Oh, I know it gets really personal. Remember the book Nancy and I wrote, Breaking the Strongholds of Food. Yeah, some supplements too, they're great. We'll talk about that. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome back, friends, to The Line of Fire on this special month emphasis of let's get healthy. I'm your cheerleader. I'm, I'm your life coach here. Look, normally we're preaching the gospel. We're getting into scripture. We're debating theology. We're talking about culture wars. We're talking about Israel and the Jewish people. And, and of course, we'll keep doing that uh, day and night. But this month, we just really felt to start the year with a special encouragement to you to look at your health, to look at your well-being. Let me say again, I understand that some of you have fragile health, and it's not due to your lifestyle. You have some condition. You were in a bad accident. I, the last thing I'm here to do is criticize or point fingers. Even if you're morbidly obese, I'm not pointing fingers because Many times it's difficult. You go through massive life trauma. You go through deep depression. Food is your comfort. The more you eat, the worse you feel about your weight, which makes you eat even more. And, and now it's like, now what? I've got no energy. I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. You eat more because you're more depressed. I, I'm not condemning. I, I'm not critical. What's the matter? Where's your self-control? No, no. It's very, very difficult in ourselves. And that's why on a regular basis, I make the confession, God, you're a strength out of my weakness. You're a strength out of my weakness. Even as I'm going to preach, sometimes if there's steps to go up to the pulpit, I believe Charles Spurgeon used to say every step, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Many times I'll confess strength out of weakness, strength out of weakness, strength out of weakness. So say, God, demonstrate your strength and power in me. All right. So what about the role of supplements? What role do they play in, in my life? Well, they're supplements, not substitutes, right? In, in other words, you, you can't substitute for, for unhealthy eating. You can't, eat, and I used to try to do that, trust me. I, you know, I, I tried, if there's like a magic energy pill, I tried it. I, I even tried the most embarrassing of all, but it's in the book, it's in Breaking the Stronghold of Food, so I'm talking to you candidly. Um, I, try, I tried an anti-fat cream. I was flying and looking through the, the airline magazine, and there was this ad, and you, you rub this, this, this stuff on your, this cream on your fat and help melt the fat. 
not only what is it was the smelliest, stickiest, ugliest stuff. So you put it on, they put it on my fat legs, and then you put your pajamas on. Next thing, you got to wash the pajamas. I mean, it's like, okay, I didn't even use this. I remember I, I hid it in a place right in, in, our, in our bathroom cabinet, hoping Nancy wouldn't see it because I was too embarrassed that I bought the stuff, you know, too embarrassed to tell her. I, we laughed about it, of course, ultimately. But I tried just magic pill, energy this, energy that. There's not a substitute for healthy eating. And then exercise is important, too. That's important. That's secondary, right, to healthy eating. But exercise is important. And in the book, uh, you get free uh, when you order from Trivita, Michael Ellison's 10 Habits of Wellness. You'll see he starts with sleep. You'll see he's got chapters on forgiveness. So we understand wellness is holistic in, in the, the right sense of the word spirit, soul, and body. But uh, supplements can really help. And wherever you are, they can help move you forward, right? So uh, the first week is we've partnered together with Trivita. We talked about nitric oxide and better blood flow, oxygen. I will actually have my nitric oxide before I come in to do radio because I find myself energized as I do. That's what I was taking as I flew to India and back 40 hours round trip both ways, uh, rigorous travel, 10 and a half hours of time differential, and both sides, for the first time in my life, I experienced no jet lag. And, and the only difference in my life was this, this nitric oxide supplement. So I found that really benefits. Sometimes I'll take it, say, a weekend right before, maybe a half hour, hour before working out. So there's three that I'm taking up from Trivita. There's nitric oxide, and then what we talked about last week, no Nopalea. So, so Nopalea, it deals with inflammation issues, deals with 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 uh, range of movement issues. It, it, it helps just overall quality of life, supports immune system. So I've been taking that. And um, uh, one of our, our staff members, you've heard from Cindy, uh, director of our ministry here. Uh, we've known Gary and uh, Cindy, her husband Gary, for almost 40 years, worked together through much of it. And she started taking no Pelea because of some major inflammation issues. And she's taken other things over the years. She was amazed by the results. She came and said, it's, it's actually working because Trivia wanted to send us a sampling of products to say, sample these, see how these work. And, and if you're not convinced, don't share them with your listeners. And, and then what we're introducing this week is MyoHealth. This helps with, uh, with muscle buildup. This, uh, everybody that works out, you want to check this out, all right? Um, so this helps with muscle builders. This helps with overall endurance. Uh, you'll feel stronger, better balance. So I'll, I'll use that sometimes before my workout or after the workout. And I'm, t I'm telling you, I have not felt this good in as long as I can remember. This is with all my healthy eating and everything. I have literally not, I, I can't remember consistently feeling this good. And, and even with, with joints, you know, with heavy workouts and it can hit your knees and things like that, I've been finding more, uh, more uh, positive results with no Pelea. So these supplements really work. In fact, I just want you to hear this. Myo Health, check this out. Have you had a setback from an injury, accident, or surgery that left you feeling weaker and a loss of strength? 
Or are you feeling the effects of aging and just don't feel like you have the stamina or energy you used to? Then MyoHealth might be an answer to your prayers. Backed by 24 human clinical studies and over $20 million in government-funded research, MyoHealth contains a perfect balance of all nine essential amino acids. With MyoHealth, you can rebuild your strength, improve your balance and mobility, have more energy while restoring your health and vitality, and start building new, lean, stronger muscle in as little as 30 days. By combining MyoHealth with a healthy diet and regular exercise, you can feel stronger at any age, have more energy, and live a life with vitality. Put the power of MyoHealth to work for you. Feel stronger, have better balance, and improved quality of life. Try MyoHealth now by calling 800-811-9628 to learn how you can receive a one-month supply free. Build lean muscle, improve balance, and build stronger bones with MyoHealth. And when you call, Trivita will give a substantial portion of your order to help support the Line of Fire radio broadcast. Go to Trivita.com and use promo code BROWN40 in the shopping cart or call 800-811-9628. That's 800-811-9628. All right, so again, if, if you missed that, if you missed that, um, so the special offer when you call 800 800- 811-9628. It's 800-811-9628. Use the, the promo code BROWN40. If you go online, trivita.com. It's the easy way. So check out the nitric oxide, the Nopalea, and now MyoHealth. These are the three that Michael Ellison from Trivita really wanted me to check out for myself, experience for myself before we even talk to any of you on the air about any of this. So it's 1-800 or 800-811-9628 or go to Trivita.com and use the code BROWN40, all right? And what I'm seeking to do now at this age is actually get more muscle. And, and I'm looking to improve on best efforts that I made with workouts, with rowing, with lifting, with different things from 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I'm literally looking to improve on those things and genuinely believe that I can. And what, what blesses me so much, what is really exciting me, is that as I'm ministering, as I'm serving, as I'm teaching, as I'm preaching, as I'm doing radio, as, as I'm writing, I feel like I'm just pushed up to another notch of, of physical and, and mental, when I say, I should say brain health in terms of, of sharpness and everything like that. So it's really exciting to me. And I had, I had referenced in a show last week a sacred partnership with Trivita. You said, what in the world does that mean? See, here's the goal. Michael Ellison knows that now is the time for us to get our message out to the nation like never before. And as a voice, that means blanketing the nation on radio. Multiplied tens of millions of people listen to radio on a regular basis. I've spoken to you by radio some for 14 years, but most of the live stations were on are relatively small stations. We're looking to blanket the nation. And when we've been on large radio stations before, the donations that came in didn't pay for the airtime, so we had to go off, right? So when we when I preach and speak, we, we raise money to help help get airtime to speak to you, to minister to you for free. Right? That's who we are. That's what we do. That's how we operate. Right? Our, our goal is to bring everything we can to the maximum audience for free. So if donations don't support it, we've prayed, God, give us a partner. 
And Michael is so convinced that now is our time to blanket the nation that he said, let's work together to do it. So Trivita's purpose here is not to make money. And, and if you bought a thousand products a day, not a dime goes into our pockets and Trivita's not gonna get rich. What they're gonna do is turn around and pour this into radio time. That, that's why I call it a sacred partnership. And the thing that I'm encouraging you to check out for yourself will really help you and really benefit you. And remember, whatever you do, if you don't find that the supplements live up to what you've been told, don't sweat it. There's a 100% money back guarantee when you order. All right, so check these out. I want to encourage you to run your race. So come on, healthy eating, healthy eating, start there. Take at least a step, get rid of some of the bad stuff. Try to move a little exercise as you can. And check out these supplements because look, as the church is we're healthy in body, mind, and spirit above all. America will be shaken. The church will make a difference. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on the Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome, friends, to the Line of Fire broadcast. A, a little bit later in the show, I, I want to get over to more questions that were posted on Instagram and Twitter. I answered a bunch of them on Friday of last week, but there was a lot I didn't get to. So I've got a little extra time. I, I want to get to some of those. I won't be taking calls today. But as I've encouraged you to consider lifestyle changes, oh, I'm going to dig a little deeper now. What? Out of love. Out of love. Zero. zero there's, there's nothing I have in myself to gain from this. It is entirely your benefit. That's the whole thing that moves me, the whole thing that motivates me. If I'm telling you, hey, buy my book. Okay, so our ministry is help when you buy the book. Great. I want you to benefit, but we can be helped. If I said, hey, we've got this project. Would you get behind this project? We're doing a Jewish outreach project in Israel. Okay, so our ministry receives the funds to help others. There's nothing I'm trying to receive here. There's nothing. I'm, I'm not recruiting you for anything. I, I just want to be a friend, a brother, an elder, a father, a coach, whatever it can be to help you. So here's what I want to lay out. Don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. I am a master excuse maker. I don't know about you, but I can make excuses. My first impulse when Nancy will remind me that I was supposed to do something and didn't do it, or I was going to take care of this, and I did whatever the thing is, my first impulse is always to make an excuse. Oh, and even better to shift the blame. Yeah, I, I, I'm good at that too. But I mean, of course, I do my best not to do that. I do my best to overcome that first impulse and, and, and hopefully I'm disciplined to do it from the heart, say, you're absolutely right. I said I was going to do that. I just forgot. I'll take care of it now, or whatever the case may be. But I've always got an excuse. You know, the, the leadership team, we ended up, this became an internal joke, but, you know, just in our midst. But let's say I'm showing up for a meeting, and I leave. The, I got busy. I was writing. I leave the house five minutes late. All right, so I'm going to be five minutes late for the meeting. Now, as I'm driving, I, there's a uh, construction work, and, and, and got to wait. It's a single lane. Got to wait to get by. I'm going to be delayed like another five or six minutes. 
and I'll, I'll text the team or, or a colleague and say, hey, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm going to be late. Well, I did that once with Nancy. She goes, well, that's dishonest because you're, you're, you were late already. It's like, but, but I'm even later because, but no, no, you can say I, I got tied up and now I'm even later. You know, I, I started late, but I, it was, I found a, a convenient excuse. I'm stuck in traffic. So the joke would become like one of the guys on the team was running late and he'd be sitting in a light with one car in front of him and send a picture and said, Hey bro, I'm going to be late. I'm stuck in traffic. It, it became their little way of getting back at me. Okay. Well, I deserved that. Uh, no excuses. Listen, when, when I was heavy, but I was working out, right? And, and trying to be disciplined, but just unhealthy lifestyle, unhealthy foods. So uh, I'm, I'm working out, and, and our trainer is there. A few of us, he had some, he was a top trainer in our city, and he had a free hour in his schedule, and he offered to, to work out with some of us that were in our building, some of the leaders. So these torturous workouts. And uh, somewhere during the workout at the end, we're sitting around talking, and he's saying, hey, you know, abs are made in the kitchen. And, you know, you can exercise all you want, but to have good abs and, you know, just that, that's in the kitchen. And so I explained to him all of my reasons why it was difficult for me to eat healthily. They were, they were really solid reasons. I mean, you, you listen to me, it's like, that makes perfect sense. Dr. Brown, we get it. We understand why you just can't eat as healthily as you'd like to. Well, next day we're working out. One of our grads is in there and the same conversation comes up. And he begins to explain with his wife and ministry and schedule and, and priorities and says why it's really hard for him to eat unhealthily. And I remember listening uh, to eat healthily. I remember listening and said to him, those are the wimpiest excuses I ever heard. What are you talking about, man? That's complete. Those, no, those excuses are nothing. And I thought, oh, mine were so powerful. Oh, yeah. My excuses were compelling. His were weak. I thought, you hypocrite. Yours are just as weak. Own up to it. Face it. So the, the better thing to do when it comes to food issues is not to make excuses. I, look, I'm a mom. I got four little kids going on, this and that. And, 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 and look, you don't know my schedule. I'm, I'm working three jobs and I'm running here. and I don't have time to sit down and make a nice salad. And uh, Better than, than that, because we can all find excuses that seem valid to us, can't we? Right? And then, and then for someone else, we wouldn't accept them as being valid. It's better to say, I got a problem. I have to admit I have a problem. I have a problem with food. Most of us do, especially with the American diet and, and the processed foods and the sugars and the salts and the other things that are in these foods. And it, it, we are food addicts and we're addicted to unhealthy stuff. So this, this is just, it's just the reality here. A lot of us are food addicts. A lot of us have problems with food. Let, let's just say, God, I've got a problem and I struggle. He knows anyway. Why make an excuse? And, and, or you say, I, I just don't know how to do better. Be honest with God. And now let's move away from food. In every area of life, we pretty much, at the end of the day, do what we chose to do. Now, I understand you have a job, certain requirements, you take care of babies, certain things you'd like to do, you can't do. But overall, over the course of the day, putting our responsibilities aside of, of what life requires of us on a daily basis. We pretty much choose to do what we want to do with the other time. All right. Most of us do not have a day that is scheduled every waking hour with other demands being put on us. And we have no choice. Some do, but most of us don't. And at the end of the day, 
We didn't read the Bible because we chose to do something else. Again, maybe you're physically exhausted, but taking care of kids, doing what you're doing, working from home, your husband comes home and, and you cook dinner and just after that, you, just, you, you fall out, you're asleep. The kids go to sleep, you're asleep. I'm not judging individuals, okay? Please hear me. You get up for your job at 5 a.m., you commute two hours in each direction, then at night you're, you're having to work from home to supplement things, and the moment you're done, you close your eyes, you're, you're asleep before you even change your clothes. I understand some schedules are very intense, but most of us have discretionary time over the course of the day. And if we didn't read the Bible at all, it's because we chose not to. If we didn't spend quality time with God in prayer, it's because we chose not to. Uh, some have said, uh, I think it was A.W. Tozer, you may not be as close to God as you wish you were, but you're exactly as close to God as you want to be, meaning we make certain choices. So rather than blame others, rather than get into the excuse game, rather than pointing fingers, it, wouldn't it be better for us to just be honest with God and ourselves? Lord, I'm out of shape because I've chosen not to exercise. Lord, I, I'm a chocoholic be, because I, I haven't taken adequate steps to make change. Lord, I haven't read the, the Bible cover to cover, even though I've been saved for 20 years, because I've been lazy. Whatever the, whatever the case is, better to be honest with God and say, I need help. That's what I did. The first chapter of Breaking the Stronghold of Food, the opening chapters, we talk about spiritual honesty. We talk about just, okay, no excuses. This is the reality. And God knows anyway, and he's not sitting there with a hammer ready to, ready to crush you and ready to, to pulverize you and ready to destroy you. He wants to help you. And the same grace that God gave me that so radically and dramatically transformed my life beginning in August of 2014 is available to anybody. And, and God didn't just help me transform my life physically so that I could be blessed and I could be a blessing to you, but to encourage you as well, because God is no respecter of persons. And you have to understand, talk to anyone that knew me in the past. Talk to anyone who traveled with me in the past. Talk to those who work with me closely in the past. Everyone would tell you that I was the poster boy for unhealthy Eating, oh, disciplined portions most of the time, right, of unhealthy food. <clears throat> so no excuses. Here, do this little lesson in the Gospels. Look at how merciful and compassionate Jesus is towards people in need, people who are hurting. And then notice how he treats those who make excuses. He is firm with them, harsh with them. Look at Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. Luke 9, 57 to 62. Or Luke 14, 25 to 33. Look at those passages. And in and, and, and the account in Luke 9, you know, Jesus, I want to be your disciple. I just need to go home and bury my father. He says, let the dead bury their own dead. You come and follow me. Obviously, caring for, uh, burying a loved one. Your dad has just died. Certainly, Jewish law would expect you to honor your father, and Jewish law would require you to, to speedily and properly bury him. But Jesus saw an excuse there. He knew there was something else going on, and he saw past that and said, let the dead bury their own dead. You come and follow me. And, and 
you know, another, I'll be your disciple. Matthew 8 records as well. Jesus says that foxes have holes, birds there have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, do you really know what it's going to cost you to be my disciple? And, and, and then, still, I just want to go greet my family, right? Then I'm out of here. Well, Jesus, again, sees double-mindedness. He says, no man, right, S setting his, his hand to the plow, uh, looks back. He's not fit for the king. You do that, you're, you're, you're erratic. You take your eyes off the prize, and, and the plowing is going to be all off. You know, I was, I was driving with Nancy the other day, and, and uh, I looked down at something. She asked me about something, and I looked down, and she said, you know, the moment you looked down, the car just started to, to swerve just a little bit. She said, boy, you got to be so careful driving. You know, you're, you're, you just unconsciously think I'm going straight, but you take your eyes off. And Jesus has no sympathy for those who make excuses. He just doesn't. Better to be brutally honest. I was writing an endorsement for a colleague's book some years ago, and he said, if you're a West Point cadet, so he wrote this. I, don't, I can't ver verify the accuracy. But he said, if you're a West Point cadet and you are, you are given instructions by someone with authority over you, the, the only legitimate response were, is no, sir, yes, sir, or I don't understand, sir. And I remember reading that and thinking, you know, I have to live by that even more in my own life and just freely, yes, that's correct. I was wrong. Absolutely. No, my fault on me as opposed to blame, blame. You're not going to grow. You're not going to get ahead. Nobody's going to be helped. It's this one's fault. It's that one's fault. It's this and this. And if it was this. Everybody's messing up my life. How about, Lord, I'm your child. I'm going to love you and I'm going to serve you. With your help, I can do whatever you are calling me to do. And when I fall short, it's my fault and my fault. And my friend, you'll find a whole lot of grace. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get on The Line of Fire by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Welcome back, friends, to the Line of Fire broadcast. If you haven't downloaded our amazing, practical, wonderful, at-your-fingertips free app, download it on Google Play, Android, Apple. Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, A-S-K-D-R Brown Ministries. Make sure you put the word ministries in there. Enjoy the app. Explore it. So many free resources, thousands of hours of materials waiting for you, latest articles, latest videos, latest broadcasts, all kinds of other special resources, Jewish outreach tools, all at the ASKDR Brown Ministries app, Ask Dr. Brown Ministries. All right, I want to go back to questions that were posted on Instagram for last week, but I didn't get to, to so many of them. I want to return. Um, Lupita asked, what is the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Because I've answered that so many questions on so many broadcasts, we have a short video that answers that. So if you go to my website, askdrbrown.org, or our YouTube channel, Ask Dr. Brown, and just search for blasphemy, you will find a short teaching that explains that. Because I've been asked it so many times to answer it over the air repeatedly is redundant. So thank you very much for the question. But that's the best place to get your answer. Uh, let's see here. 
is there a difference between an evil spirit and a demon? Now, it seems that when Scripture speaks of an evil spirit or an unclean spirit, that that is just another description of a demon. All right. Um, okay, answered that one, answered that one, and answered that one. Uh, okay. Still recommend TLV Bob, right? Okay. Uh, Lewis, what is the meaning of that generation will by no means pass away in the gospel, specifically the meaning of generation in this context? This one always leaves me scratching my head a bit. Another one, are there any resources or great books where we can read up more on Memra Logos theology? Answer the second question. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would encourage you to start in volume two of my series, Answering Jewish Objections to Jesus. Volume two of my series, Answering Jewish Objections to Jesus. And you'll see a whole lot of key references there about Logos, Memra, etc. Uh, as for the meaning of that generation will by no means pass away, especially in Matthew 24, 34. Uh, does it mean that everything spoken of in Matthew 24 must happen before that generation passes away, in which case all of Matthew 24 has to be fulfilled before the destruction of the Second Temple in the year 70? That would be the interpretation of preterists. Does it mean that generation in terms of that race of people? That's unlikely. Does it mean, or this generation, speaking of uh, this generation, Jesus says is evil, wicked, so the existence of evil, wicked people on the earth, I wouldn't read it in that way, in that context. Or is it saying that the generation that sees the specific signs that he's speaking of will not pass away until, uh, until everything is fulfilled? And he's talking about the end of the world, that generation, uh, which would be a futurist interpretation, or, or could it be that this generation is used in the larger context of Matthew 24? Matthew 24, verse 3, remember the disciples asked him distinct questions which they think are one, because he's talked about how not one stone will be left on another and the glorious temple in Jerusalem will all be destroyed and raised to the ground. And they say, well, when will these things be? In other words, when will this temple be destroyed? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? They thought it was all one event, but it was not. Preterists say it is all one event. No, it's clearly the, the sign of your coming, the end of the age. The term end of the age is clearly not talking about the year 70. It cannot in any justifiable way be interpreted to that, to mean that. And Jesus uses it twice in other places in Matthew where it's clearly talking about the end of the age, not, not the year 70. But when he returns, the end of the age, especially Matthew 28, 20, Lord, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Some of our translations say even to the end of the age. No, I'm with you always to the end of the age. He wasn't telling the, the apostles, I'll be with you until the temple is destroyed. Obviously, obviously not. <clears throat> so, so, um, is it just futurist? Is it all past? Uh, to me, a legitimate reading would say, one of two ways I would read this, either those things that he has just spoken of having to do with the destruction of the temple, those who see ABC happen, you'll also see DEF. So speaking of that generation, but then there are other portions of Matthew 24, speaking of his return, that are still to come. So that generation, first century, that sees these things happen, you'll see the rest, the temple will be destroyed. And then there are other things in Matthew 24 about the end of the age. It's one way to read it. The other way to read it is 
that this generation applies to those living then that see the destruction of the temple in the year 70, and then will apply again to those at the end of the age that see these signs, and when you see these signs, know that Jesus is about to return. Uh, either of those are adequate in, in my judgment. I, I don't see as possible the viewpoint that it, it, all of Matthew 24 was fulfilled in the first century, the destruction of the temple. Uh, for, for many other reasons, <clears throat> cannot, cannot see that. Um, let's see, some prayer requests here. Some other questions. I think I answered these. All right, tell you what, I am going to go over to Twitter, all right? And uh, there are a bunch more questions that came in there, and I only got to some of them. So let's just see if I can get to a few more of your questions on Twitter. Scroll through here. Scroll through there. There we go. And let's just see here. Um, Kassin, when do you think the Pentateuch reached its present form, and what is your reasoning? So the heart and soul of the Pentateuch, I understand it's coming from Moses. Everything that it says that he wrote from Exodus through Deuteronomy, uh, all the passages that speak of him writing down, I believe that he wrote those down. It's clear that there are some supplements that, that are added over time, uh, like Genesis 12, the Canaanite was then in the land, or perhaps Numbers 12, where Moses is the meekest man on the earth, or certainly the closing verses of Deuteronomy 34, which speak of Moses' death and no prophet like Moses being raised up um, if for a time after that. When it reached the form that we have it now, uh, to me it would be several centuries after the time of Moses. Uh, I know all the arguments for priestly and exilic content and things like that and language, but I don't see a need to push it all the way up to you know, the time of the exile or near that. Uh, any of the things that are clear additions and supplements uh, can have been made some centuries earlier. But a precise date, I can't give you. I, I do not accept the documentary hypothesis. Otherwise, you'd put the final date as, as somewhere around the time of the, the Babylonian exile or the return from exile. Um, so the spirit is, is there a difference between praying in tongues and the gift of tongues? And if so, can every believer be given the ability to pray in tongues? I do believe every believer can receive the spirit and can speak in tongues. Or if you believe you've already received the fullness of the spirit for your life at salvation, I believe there is the potential because it's a language of prayer to God. As for those delivering public messages in tongues, I believe only some are called to do that. Um, let's see. <clears throat> Um, banjo skeptic, why do you think God wanted each of the 27 New Testament documents to be in the canon? In the wisdom of God, this covered what we needed to know, told us who Jesus is, uh, told us how to be in right relationship with God, told us uh, how we should live our lives, uh, gave us the practical information on which we would build for other parts of life, and God in his wisdom saw that's what we needed, and based on that, um, gave us these books. We know that Paul wrote a letter to the Laodiceans that he mentions to the Colossians and says, you know, read it in your midst. Well, we don't have that in the providence and wisdom of God. There were false gospels or exaggerated gospels written later. In the wisdom of God, we don't have those. So again, same with the Old Testament. We, we trust the wisdom of God overall and see, see how between these different documents we get what we need to know. Hey, just a reminder to check out Myo Health. Um, just, just looking at the Trivita website, 
Nine essential amino acids clinically proven to build and maintain lean muscle mass. So uh, I've, I've been using this together with nitric oxide. Uh, one of my colleagues, uh, one of our lead intercessors, you know, does a lot of weightlifting. He's a big, strong guy. So he's now, I, I really encourage him, okay, get the nitric oxide and the, and the, the mild health the amino acids. Try them together, uh, especially as you're getting older. It helps build everything I understand because the protein amino acids helps build muscle and, and, and improves quality of life in, in a number of different ways. So be sure to check it out. If you've if you missed this earlier, as we're partnering with Trivita to really encourage you this month of January, especially let's get healthy. Uh, and, and Trivita saying, let's, let's take the funds that come in and pour them back into the line of fire to spread this message across the nation. So the number to call 800, 811-9628. Do it right now. 800-811-9628. Go to Trivita.com. Trivita.com. Anything you get, use the code BROWN40. Get a free copy of Michael Ellison's book, 10 Habits of Wellness. Uh, you get a special discount on your order, so be sure to use the code BROWN40. Go to Trivita.com or 800 800- 811-9628. Tell them Dr. Brown sent you. And let's see, do I have time for one more question here? Deb, is it possible to divorce politics from theology? Yes, in terms of politics can exist with everything that politics does as far as you know, running the government, etc. But no, in terms of everybody has a worldview. And you either factor God in, you don't factor him in. You factor him in in limited ways. If we cut him out entirely, then politics becomes entirely secular, which is a big, big problem. Another program powered by the Truth Network.